0: Welcome to episode 210 of Control the Controllables and this is also our third podcast short that we are bringing to you and we've had such good feedback on our first two that we're excited to bring you Sir Andy Murray and it was such an amazing episode that it took us a bit of time actually to to pick out the bit of information that we wanted to share in this episode. And it's not a long piece, but it's a piece that I think goes to show that the greats of the game, or the greats in any industry. We think that it's just natural. You know, we often talk about Andy Murray, and we talk about how he reads the game so well. He just understands tennis. He has such a natural way of of understanding what's happening on the court. And I think this will dispel that theory that he's born with that. You know, this is this is something that needs to be worked on. And you will hear all about how Andy learns and he shares some, some great stories. Stories that I've shared far and wide since speaking to him a couple of months ago. And I think there's a great learning in there for everybody. Now, before we jump in, I also just want to say how excited we are. And we have been nominated for the Sports Podcast Awards, the Best Tennis and Racket category this year now we've been really fortunate to have such amazing people that follow the podcast voting for us the last couple of years and somehow we ended up in number one spot now that number one spot has enabled us to to get the credibility to keep pushing this podcast forward and that truly has helped all of the amazing guests coming on it's helped my fantastic team behind me that uh, are working tirelessly to to bring you these episodes as well. And if you feel we deserve another chance to to get close to top spot, I know each year the competition gets much tougher. Then please do spend a couple of minutes. We will leave the link in the in the show notes for you to just pop in there, it's not too complicated. It might take you a minute or two to work it out, and if you felt the vote deserves to go to control the controllables, then we would be absolutely grateful for that um but yeah that's that's us that's where we're at it's it's almost Christmas, and I'm now rather than yabbering on, I'm going to pass you over to Sir Andy Murray. From a young age
1: we were like we're allowed to just like we're allowed to compete so it didn't matter what age you were playing against but I would often play against like you know kids that were four or five years older than us. Um, We would sometimes play in um, the the local sort of tennis club like matches so we'd play like doubles against some of the other you know some of the other clubs in the area um, you know, when we were, you know, really quite young and we're playing yeah. against, you know, 30, 40 year olds. So obviously, clearly we can't compete by, you know, matching them for strength and power. But you're having to find ways to win, you know, by, by I guess, being smarter than them and using, you know, different shots and, you know, using lobs and angles rather than just trying to hit the ball harder. Yeah. And. Um, i I did find that a lot actually when i moved over to spain um because again i was always training with grown men most of the time um you know i was only 15 that i couldn't match them you know for for strength that i had to play a slightly different way to you know to win against them and compete and physically I, i wasn't very strong to be honest like as a junior player like you know i was i was pretty thin um you know probably didn't look like a, you know a great athlete at the time so yeah. you know i had to use like my brain and my you know my hand skills to to try and beat these you know these 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 men basically and yeah i think it's probably a combination of of those things like you know playing up age groups and playing against older you know, older people since, since I was really young, I think has probably helped that because you can't, you couldn't just win by, by brute force. You had to find, um, you know, you had to find a different way. And I also, I, I did watch loads of tennis when I was young. Like I, I used to, um, I was out injured once again, when I was 15, 16, I was out with my a knee injury for like six months. And I used to, You know, sit when all the matches were on Sky Sports and I would sit in front of the TV and like watch like five, six hours of tennis in a row when I couldn't, you know, train or do much rehab and take notes on all of the players and stuff and how I would play against them. And, you know, and it it helped a lot when I actually got on the tour, because a lot of those guys, I've been watching them since I was, you know, 14, 15 years old. I've been watching them for four or five years and taking notes on them. And the, the, the one guy, and I never got to play him in a match, but I loved watching him when I was a kid, was Correa. And I got to practice with him once or twice when I was in Barcelona. He came to the academy where I was at to train. And I. he may see this differently, but I could just see what he was going to do. Like, right, I was okay. reading exactly what he was going to do when we were practicing with each other. And, you know, I was able to win against him when I was only... 16 or so um you know i'd have all my friends around the court that were at the academy like on clay no on hard um unfortunately not Uh. on not on clay um but yeah like i just yeah i loved i loved watching and found that side of the game you know really really interesting and i actually probably i wish i'd been able to do it more over these last sort of seven, eight years, like, actually have the time to sit down and watch matches in the stands and, you know, learn a little bit more because it it, it definitely helps.
0: Because how different is it, and I believe it's massive, to watch a whole match and understand the context, understand the ebbs and flows, understand people's patterns under pressure, people's behaviours under pressure than it is right now there'll be a lot of kids that watch tennis but they're watching tennis tv on instagram they're watching the the underarm serve the through the leg shot they're watching the highlight reel which is so so different to watching a full tennis match
1: yeah and i think w- one of the problems with with that is that like well, yeah when someone hits an underarm serve and i i've hit a few in the last couple of years and you know with sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you know when a through the leg shot when someone pulls that off, like, yeah, it's brilliant it's great to watch, but the percentage of points that players actually win when they do that sort of stuff, you know, in my opinion is is very low, and you could see someone try five in a match and they win one, and that's what everyone sees on the highlights package, not the other five through the leg shots that they butchered or when they've hit an underarm serve, and you know the players just run up to it and hit a winner or they double faulted with it or whatever. And yeah, and generally that Alcaraz is probably an exception because most points that he plays are highlight, but, you know, what tends to win matches is, you know, the consistency and, you know, repeating like, you know, high percentage tennis over and over again and executing that under pressure, not hitting one through the leg shot here and there doesn't work the majority of the time. So... Yeah, it's probably it is a bit of an issue with the way that people see tennis now on social media. Like, yes, it is, it's entertaining it is, yeah. and it's fun. I like watching it, but watching a three-hour tennis match, it, the very few points are like that.
0: Absolutely, and one of one of the most impressive stats I think you have, Andy, is eleven Grand Slam finals. Not many people talk about that. Eleven Grand Slam finals, three wins, three Grand Slams double gold medalist, world number one, Davis Cup winner, you know, and there's there's been so many amazing tennis players over the years, but they haven't reached that kind of a mortality level of, of, of doing those things. And you're one of a very select few that have. I know there's not a magic secret portion. <laughs> I know it's not quite as simple as that, but what is it? what is it when you reflect on that? Because we take the newcomers, Alcaraz, we've talked about, he's got it. He's got it. Shiontek, she's got it. You know, th- but there hasn't been that many. So ha- going from being an amazing tennis player to being those ones that year in, year out are making Grand Slam finals, winning Grand Slams that you have done, what would you put that down to?
1: There's certain players that, they that are they that are just they are special and have like and have everything. Um, but yeah, the thing that probably separates the the, the top top players, yes, yeah, is, is probably the mind. Um, and I know people say that you know a lot. Um, I often see it used just based on like someone's mind mindset during a match or in an important moment in the match. But to me there's a lot more to it than just that. It's, you know, how do these players like, how do they deal with losses? Like, how do they, how do they learn from setbacks? How, how is their mentality like every single day during the year? Like when they're training and when they're, you know, are they cutting sessions short in the gym? Are they, you know, out partying when they should be in bed, you know, sleeping and preparing for, you know, the next day's work. And, you know it's not as simple as just oh that that person's really good like you know under pressure um or you know when they're in a third set tie break um that's what everyone sees on the on the tv or when they're watching in the stands but to me it's like the thing that separates the top top ones is that they're able to do that like day after day like consistently um year after year um and and that's why yeah that the guys that have been up at the, the top of the game you know certainly during my era you know been what's well, incredible what they've done because you, it, you can work extremely hard for 10 years and, you know, be right on it for all those 10 years. And as soon as you drop off for six months and you're not focused, you know, on your practices and you're not doing all the right things away from the court and you training and everything, you aren't going to stay there. And that's what's been amazing to me about what Novak and Rafa and Roger have done. Yeah, it's just that longevity of clearly loving the game, but being able to just, work hard and focus on their tennis for such a long period um it's not that you can't enjoy other things it's not that you can't enjoy life you know and you solely have to focus on tennis it's just when you show up to the practice court are you working hard are you are you you putting in the right the right effort and when you show up to the tournaments like are you giving your best and yeah it's it's very different to what a lot of people i think when they talk about mindset and mentality, it's often just about what happens on the match court. And to me, what separates the the great athletes and the great players, it's what they're doing away from the court as well, um, consistently day after day when there isn't anyone watching. And that's arguably the harder part of it.
0: I hope you all enjoyed that and got that message into your veins, you know, so much to be learned from Sir Andy Murray. His measured responses, the way that he thinks things through, is is one of the reasons that he is arguably the greatest ever male British sportsman. And we wish him all the very best going into 2024. I know he's been working incredibly hard behind the scenes to get himself ready. And let's see if he can have another big push as he goes into the new season. Uh, to all of you, uh, a big Merry Christmas to you all and I I have to mention at this time of year, I know Christmas can also be very difficult for, for lots of people and there is, there's many special family friends that, that aren't with us and this is the time of year that we tend to feel that even stronger. So thinking of you all and thinking of everyone that is going through the challenges that the world is going through right now you know it's as we tuck into our christmas turkey and open our presents in front of the fire there's some people that aren't as fortunate as us so a little prayer a little thought for everybody out there that is having to go through such these tragic events right now and we're sending all of our love from controller controllables but until next time I'm Dan Keenan and we are Control the Controllables.